you can't build that foundation. Rome was not built by one man, and Rome was not built overnight. It takes a team. So the path to greatness is along with others, and you have to understand that as you're building out a team, as you're delegating. What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. Excited to have everyone with us today and excited for you to meet today's guest. I'm happy to share the stage today with Nelson Nigel. Nelson is the CEO of Moto Nation, as he just shared with me, a burgeoning brand with a couple of other brands that he's been working on for some time. And so, Nelson, rather me put all those words in your mouth, let's talk about Moto Nation and all the things that you are working on right now. So take it away, Nelson. Oh, God. It's, uh, you know, it's just a phenomenal time. And you know what? It's the start of the new year. So off on a great note. I started uh, this journey with Kid Moto. And now that we've built a national infrastructure with Kidmoto, we've moved on to bigger and better things. And now it's Moto Nation. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Kidmoto, because I know that was the first brand and I saw it. I said Kid Nation, but it's Kidmoto. My apologies there. Uh, yeah. So Kidmoto, what, just tell me a little bit about what you're trying to, just the population you're trying to serve there, what your clientele looks like right now, because it's, it's really a cool concept. Yes. Oh, it's like crazy when I started, you know, like everything, like whenever you're doing something that's then really like very, very niche, everyone thinks that like, that's never going to work, right? Like Airbnb, never going to work. Uber, never going to work, right? So we, you know, in America, yeah. no company provides pre-installed child car seats for parents of children. And if you're a parent, you know, you know, there's a huge hassle traveling to and from airports because you have to lug child car seats big car seat. How do you take your small children to the airport and from the airport and when you get to your destination? So at Kidmoto, I saw that niche and I saw that need in the market. And I used to be a former yellow cab driver and a former Uber driver industry. And I saw it. Okay. And yeah. I actually had no clue about child car seats at all, but I saw the need. I saw the niche. And so I said, okay, well, you know, we're going to start a company, create a mobile app, and only provide airport transportation for parents with small children traveling to and from airports. And, of course, you know, the entire industry does not want to do child car seat, not even Uber, not even Lyft at that point, right? Right. And think that Uber would provide or, you know, with $50 billion, et cetera, right? And you would think that, they weren't doing it like on this level. And it was like crazy, right? Smoking crack type of thing. Yeah. So let's, so when that's fit, Nelson, I mean, you got tremendous idea and firsthand experience, right? You're the one that is providing the services that we're all become familiar with, whether it is taking a taxi or today's day and age, grabbing a ride share and saw parents struggling, right? So this is a, it's a wonderful story of just identifying something from your own personal experience and hey, that's a, there's a gap there. Right, you're watching this struggle. Look, I had small kids many moons ago, but it's like that's that's a struggle moving car seats around and, and making it safe for your child to transfer to and from. And you're in the city, right? We're talking to you from yeah. Queens today, right? So that was that your first market that you launched in was in the city, New York City. Yep. Yes, and now we're in 52 cities. That's awesome. 
that's just crazy to get there. Yeah. The universe conforms to you when you put in the energy, you put in the hard work and the perseverance, right? Yeah. The universe just comes to you. And it seemed like looking back, quoting back the old, you know, Steve Jobs quote, you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only connect them going backward. You know, you just can't see ahead of time. But looking back, it's like, wow, you know, right? Yeah. And it's cool this year. Now, I have to ask you, Nelson, was this your first step into the entrepreneurial world and, and creating this company as a, either a driver for a text cab? Did you have your own medallion? Like, was that your own business as well? Like, was that your, your first foray or, or is this what you describe? Hey, this is the first time I've gone out there and try to figure this out on my own. No, no, it's, it's not that overnight success story, my friend. <laughs> there are no overnight success stories. That's why we call them years no, in the making, no. right? Everyone that looks back and says, yeah, oh, that just yeah. what a great idea. It happened. never happens that way. So that's what we want to learn about. You know, what's- I would be like a, a 15, 20 year overnight sensation. Right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's the way it is. That's the beauty of it. And you learn from those things that you challenge along the way. So tell me about it. What was the lead up to the start here of, of Kidmoto and the journey that you went through to get there? Because it's it's no small thing to have an idea, then actually make it happen and now get it out into 52 states and now growing that brand to incorporate other brands, right? So that's no small thing. But let's go back a little bit. What was the, some of the, the origin story there? So the, the origin story is like, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, you know, prototypical serial entrepreneur. I've always started businesses and I've already actually had only one like technical business and technical job in my life, right? Like quote unquote job. And it was only for like four months and I quit and I said, I could write a book about that, <laughs> you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did that. And I've Gotta always just been an entrepreneur. always try to innovate. always try to bring new products. And so it's kind of like, I guess, you know, looking back, it's kind of like if you see an iceberg, you know, you don't see what's on the bottom. But you only see a little piece on top, right? But the, the iceberg in the bottom is huge, right? And that's kind of like, you know, being an entrepreneur. You put in so much work, you know, body of work over time that there's so much work that you put in. And finally, you know, later on, things come together. It depends on how much body of work you put in, though. You're right. It doesn't happen overnight. So let, let's talk about the very first one. What was the first idea that you tried to turn into a business? Did take in what age was that, Nelson? Like, when did this start? Oh, my goodness. I think I was 18 in college. I was making speaker boxes, you know, for car audio. <laughs> now was that a, a passion something you're interested in with that that you know, did you once again find an opportunity that that there was no one else doing that so you found a way that you could make a buck doing something no one else was no no that was the passion you know like car audio yeah. you know when you're 18 and yeah sure yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> i was installed in the car audio and all that sort of stuff and i said you know what i could i develop a business you know to make bigger boxes okay and yeah, nice. total failure, of course. Yeah. Early lessons. And I love to hear this, right? So if you could take yourself today, you've learned a bunch through trial and error and successes and failures. Was that a business that ever could have made? If you go back in time and say, if I could apply what I know now back to speaker boxes, like, oh, what, of course. Yeah. What would you do? What would you do differently? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we love to hear and, and love to have you share. Oh, if that was the case, I will have a national speaker box company. Probably I feel it already. That's beautiful. Can you think of one or two things really that, you know, you're still learning, you're young, but boy, I just didn't apply this or I didn't know this at the time or a big misstep that, that you took. The power of marketing, right? 
the power of marketing and reaching the masses, right? You have to be able to reach the masses. Yeah. And, you know, if you can reach 10,000 people, okay, and you convert, say, 0.05% of them, that's good. But if you reach 10 people and you convert 0.5 of them, that's not good. <laughs> right? All right, so Nelson, after the speaker box business didn't take off and become your national successful IPO, where did you go from there? Like, what was the next thing that you decided I'm going to take that on? Oh, forget about it. There was a lot. Okay. Oh, my. So you're always dabbling, right? Was there anyone that stands out more than the others where you thought you had something there? Because it does sound like you're a guy willing to try a bunch of different things. So was there anything there of the next round that was, this is it, this is the thing I have, I really think I've got something, even if it didn't go, but you really thought in your mind that this was going to be the next big thing. At every point, I always, you know, thought that everything was going to be big. I did uh, vending machines. Okay. Created your own business doing vending machines? Yeah. Oh, you know, I thought that I could have a zillion vending machines in every corner of New York City. Right, people can buy you know candy and things like that, and yeah, I did vending machine, little you know, put a quarter in, you get some candy, and sure, yeah, I've done a thousand things, Scott. Okay, so with all this trial and practice, where does that come from? Do you think we often talk to our guests about? Is that are you born with this entrepreneurial gene, or is it something that you observe when you're growing up? So you started pretty young. But even prior to that, was there a friend or, or family member that influenced you to say, hey, figure it out for yourself better that way than, than working for somebody else? I did. There was, um, I have an older cousin who actually influenced me because I'm, I grew up as an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. And up to now, it's having that mind's an athlete that to, you know, never give up, right? You know, you can't give up. And you no, know, he always instilled that entrepreneurial spirit of owning a business, right? And I'm not in contact with him now, but if he saw where I'm at, he was like, okay, wow. You know, that's taken on another level. <laughs> yeah. Was there anything specific that you remember just in talking to him or, or something that he said that really resonated with you that helped you along the way? Many things. I can't remember offhand, but it just always talking about business. And it's a funny thing, right? He was not a business first. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> but he worked for a company, right? He still works for a company, right? But it's his things that he talked about. Like, wait, no, this is what I want to do when I grow up, right? I want to own that and own that. And I actually went out and I did it, right? Of course, you know, there's a saying, you know, talk is cheap, right? I always say Lake Victoria is between talking and doing, right? You know, Lake Victoria is two miles wide, waterfalls, and I mean Victoria Falls, sorry. Right. And so I've always had that mindset, you know, create a business. And it just took a tremendous amount of energy and effort. And you learn over the course of time. You just can't give up. All right. Well, I'm getting the sense here, Nelson, that I'm going to label you as a hustler, right? You're always willing to go out there, try something new, try that next thing, right? And work for it. You've got the energy to make it happen. So Let's go back to just the beginning of Kid Moto. You notice that there's this challenge, right? So you're driving people around, but you're seeing them struggle with car seats, which we've all been there as parents. What's the first step you take? What's it look like? Just tell us where the beginnings of Kid Moto, where it really started, where you put that first seat in the first car and uh, had the first ride. Okay. So 
the story goes back to about 2008. You know, I was, I was a builder. The market crashed. The real estate market uh, lost a lot of money. And I started driving the New York City yellow cab because, you know, public administration in New York City is great. You could just, back then, you know, switch over and get a job very easily. Driving the yellow cab was phenomenal. Phenomenal. You know, next to my current job, that's probably the second best job ever. We get well, they did create a whole story about uh, what go, taxi cabs and yellow cabs and all that goes in it. I think it was out in Las Vegas. They had, had a whole show built, and I'm sure you have some wild stories for your days uh, driving a yellow cab in New York City. So here's why it matters to me, right? I study cultural anthropology. I'm meeting people from all cultures, all over the world. I'm meeting people from like, you know, Santiago, Chile, to Astana, Kazakhstan, to like, Helsinki, Finland, everywhere, right? Uh, Sarajevo or, you know, Belgrade or Istanbul, everywhere, right? Right. It's just phenomenal. Just learn it, right? And I'm also learning about, you know, the world and world history. And I could, you know, I could pinpoint, you know, Stockholm or something, right? And right, right. That matters to me. And being a New Yorker, you know, like, you know, wherever you live, you know, wherever you know, you could be in like Kalamazoo or you could be in like in Auckland or something. You only know your little little area that you live, so you don't actually know the entire thing. And New York City is a huge city, phenomenal city. And we have many pockets of people from all different cultures and, you know, and ethnicities. So being able to travel around, I did study design and construction. So now I'm driving around, I'm seeing all these great, all this great architecture from Lincoln Center to the World Trade Center to the Verrazano Bridge to, you know, uh, the Chrysler Building. You know, it's just like before I was not exposed to that. You know, prior to driving a New York City yellow cab, I probably was in Brooklyn maybe like three or four times in my life. That's it. Think about it. I'm in Queens all my life, back to Brooklyn like three or four times. So driving a yellow cab took me into Brooklyn to now I can see you know, all these different neighborhoods of Brooklyn, it's outstanding. And I also, you know, I studied Russian classical music because when you're in traffic, you yeah. need to cool that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I well, it says tremendous set of experiences. Yeah. It sounds like coming from there, and you're noticing what's going on. What is that first? You know, and I know it takes its way back to, but what is that beginning uh, of Kidbo okay. for you? So I had started a few companies during the years. They were in procurement based, yeah. you know, state and local government procurement, and I actually did not get two contracts prior to with the state of New York prior to starting Kidmoto. So now, Scott, I'm going to start this company. Just do it, right? I was broke, but I saw the need. And I said, you know what? Okay. Sure. I couldn't get these two contracts from the state, and that's it. I had an established team. I think about three or four people on staff. So I said, okay, we, all, all we have to do is like basically change the product around instead of like doing, and we were doing technology, right? So instead of doing this, we could just change it around and do something different because fundamentals of business do not change. Right, that's something I would love to share. Everyone needs to understand this. Fundamentals do not do not change. Right, once you understand fundamentals, you know you could be running a, a gardening company, or laying tiles, or creating you know new construction, or, or selling flowers. It's all the fundamentals do not change. So we just change the product over, you know, transportation uh, technology and uh, child car seats, and that's it. It's no different because you still need the same insurances. You still need to get finance. You still have need marketing. You still need risk management, right? You still need to understand operations. Yeah. Yep. So 
you, you already had a team in place, it sounds like. So you pivoted the work that they were doing as you started here. You started in New York. When did you enter your second city? You know, what, when did you start to say, okay, there's something beyond just doing this local, which is, as you said, you, you knew that market pretty well yes. from, from spending the time in that market, but yet take it beyond that. A few of the key moments early on with Kid Moto that got you to see that there was something much bigger here that you could go after. Okay. Okay. I'm going to explain this to you, Scott, right? You have to plan, right? So the way you want to look at it, you know, how do you want to build this big, large, you know, 50-story building, right? Or do you want to build something small, right? It all depends on the foundation. So you have to see you have you have to see the vision before you start it, right? Yep. And and you think about think about it like construction one, right? You know, in order to build this building right here, you would have you know the blueprints would have to be about you no know, ten thousand pages, right? That would be a business plan, right? To build a something much smaller, it's gonna be what? say 5,000 pages or 3,000 pages, right? So you really want to have the vision before you um, build out. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and so, that, you know, no doubt, and we talk about this with the clients that I work with is making sure that you, ver- you have an understanding of that vision so that everyone that works with you knows where you're going and how you're going to get there, right? So clarity of vision is critical. Even before you put any pen and paper down, we help our clients work through the way, try to simplify it. So you're talking about, your vision of building something, right? You've got a little bit of background there and building and design. But for you, what were some of those key elements of that original vision that you had for Kid Moto? I just want to bring it back to that because it's you've taken it from one city to 52. So let's talk about those steps that you took. So the original vision was to be a global company. That was the original vision. So the blueprints were built out around being a global company. It was not like easy. My business plan was over 600 pages in large font. That's how you have to think. That's how succinctly you have to think. You have to want to have plans, some employee succession plans, so you know for the different types of digital marketing, to et cetera, right? So that was the original plan and vision. So that's how we we're able to scale. Yeah, you're a visionary here. You like to see the big picture. You like to think big out there. Talk to me about the one or two key hires that you've made that have really been helpful for you as you've been pursuing this vision uh, you're trying to build here from a national to maybe even a, a global parade at some point. You need a uh, operation. Right. right. So what did that look like for you? How did you identify that person? And uh, you know, what was that like in trying to find the right person to compliment you as the idea person and the leader? It's uh, you want to identify job description, right? So as long as you can delegate operations work, right? That frees you up and frees up your sure. time. Yeah. So now you can think on other things. Yeah. Now, having an operations manager, finance, Yeah, you need a finance, you need somebody in bookkeeping that, that just organizes your uh, finance. So how early on did you find that key operations person? Because I, I agree with you, right? And particularly with someone like you that really thinking about where this thing is going to go long term, you need someone that's going to handle that day-to-day execution for you. In the terms of EOS, we talk about having a visionary, that's you. And then this integrator role, this, this person that's going to be the glue person that's going to hold it all together or make sure everything gets done and be accountable for all those details that maybe doesn't suit you very well, right? So you can focus on the things that you're good at. So how, how did you find that person? You said you had a good description of it, but you know, who was and is that person that you started with the same person you have today? No, that's not the same person that yeah. I have today, but it took some time. It, it probably took about two sure. years, yeah. maybe, right? But you have to follow that vision, Scott, right? You can't deviate, but you want to follow that path. And Eventually, I found that person, 
And once I was able to de delegate my responsibilities, my operational responsibilities, now I can figure on building the company. Yeah. And in building that out, I'm sure you had to make a ton of different decisions that some people come on and maybe then they weren't the right person. So you had to go somewhere else. If you could put you, what was one thing that when it happened, you're like, maybe this isn't going to go, right? It was there a moment in time where you had second thoughts? You're like, is there a moment of doubt? I'm not going to be able to get this to where I got that. I've got this great vision. Did you have any of those moments where you're like, uh-oh, it's not going to go the way I wanted it to go? Oh, good question. I actually, I've been asked that okay. recently and I've never thought about that, right? Good. <laughs> I, I never good for did. You. Keep charging, right? Keep charging. It refuse to lose. Okay. So just keep going after it. Were there any, so any decisions that, give me just the, the time frame. your first ride for Kidmoto was when, what year? Oh, we started late 2016. So I would say it was, we started in November. So I think our first ride was in de December. Okay, so it's called December 16, early 17. So you're, you're just you know, crossing into, you're going to be in your seventh year coming up here, right? So if you could tell that guy back there in 2016, 2017, something that you've now learned seven years later, what would you go back and tell Nelson of 2016? Build your credit. <laughs> financing, 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 financing. Always the challenge. All right. Build your credit. Have good credit. <laughs> yeah. So we've talked a little bit about this growth and, and some of the critical things that you've had to do. And, and, I, and I would agree, right? First, particularly someone as, as we've got to know each other over a couple of conversations here, just about someone with those ideas, having a complimentary piece and having that person that's going to be there for you to do the things that maybe you can do that you don't like to do, right? We use the term delegate that work around so that you can elevate your thinking and your superpowers, obviously, about, you know, being a visionary and looking ahead. And we talked a little bit about that at the beginning before we started, but so you've got Kidmodo. Now you've created a company that has three brands underneath it. So let's just talk about what the next year or two might look like for Moto Nation, which is now is that overall sort of brand that you're going to have a bunch of different brands underneath. So what's the next one to two years yes. look like for you, Nelson? So it's exciting because, you know, going back to that, you know, connecting the dots, if we tried to do uh, bigger things, you know, prior, we couldn't have built out this national infrastructure in our automation, our technology, right? Because yeah. we would have been uh, a much larger company, of course, in terms of what we're doing. But, you know, if you have fast growth, you would plateau earlier, right? And it just, we would have plateaued a lot earlier. And we can't do that, right? Yeah. And it would have hindered that growth. Now that we have, you know, we were very succinct and finite in terms of the way we were focused, we were able to build out a national infrastructure. And now that we have the national infrastructure, right, it's that foundation. It's like, you know, building birds Dubai, you know, they dug down 225 meters. Now, when you dig down 225 meters and you're like the size of like, you know, 14, you know, acres or whatever, right? You can put many things on top of it, right? right so now right. that we have built out that national infrastructure and with technology, we're going to add new products. So under Moto Nation now, we're adding Baby Moto, which is providing hospital transportation for new parents. Okay. New parents do not know how to install child car seats. And think about when you were a new parent, right, Scott? It's like, hey, how do you get home from the hospital? That's precious cargo that you're just dealing with for the first time. You got to know how to handle that precious cargo. So don't even remember that. Here's how it happens with the hospitals. The hospitals just walk into the door 
And once you get to the door, they'll say, okay, bye-bye. That's it. Right. right. Yep. You're not our, you know, so that's number one. Number two is airlines have to move staff and cruise lines have to move staff. So we're now moving into bus moto where we're only focused on airlines and cruise lines. Nice. That's it. That's awesome. They need to move people. Yeah. It's the same idea, just taken into a couple other niches. And oftentimes it's the niches is where you find these real opportunities. So congratulations to you for identifying a couple of those and just wish you nothing but success as you, as you look to expand out there. All right. So Nelson, before we let you go here, I do want to walk you through our five fast questions. We ask these questions for all of our guests, get a chance to know you a little bit better. So the first one I've got for you is what is your favorite sports team or your favorite athlete? My favorite sports team and athlete. Right now, it has to be Lamar Jackson. Okay. Sometimes you're different, right? He's different. Yeah. And people feel different. And it's okay to be different, right? But now we're starting to see that if you're watching NFL football, you're saying that now everyone wants to be his friend because even though no one liked him earlier, now like, oh my goodness, you know, he is doing something on another level, right? You know, so he's kind of like, one of my favorite athletes right now, Cristiano Ronaldo being able to be outstanding for so many years. Yeah, that's awesome. If you had just one more meal to eat, so it's your last meal, what is that last meal that you would eat? Pizza. Pizza. I get that answer a lot. It's a very popular answer. We all know we should have. We love it. What is your dream vacation spot, a place that you really want to get to and take a vacation? Do you have a dream vacation spot? A dream vacation spot. Oh, forget about it. I go to Miami a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the weather. Is that the dream spot? That If you're better, it's great. I mean, it's keeping local. I love it. I love it. Nelson, do you have a favorite movie that you like to rewatch? Something that you that you go back and watch over and over again? Oh, I like old Columbo flick. Really? I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you've given us a lot of great information along the way, a lot of great advice, a lot of great quotes. Do you have a favorite quote? or a favorite piece of advice that you like to share or something that you always got to turn to when you need that piece of advice? Favorite quote is, the path to greatness is along with others. That's uh, Balthasar Gracian, right? And you can't build that foundation. One, you know, Rome was not built by one man, and Rome was not built overnight. It takes a team. Yeah. So the path to greatness is along with others, and you have to understand that as you're building out a team, as you're delegating, right? People matter, and it's part of that journey. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're building relationships. Beautiful, Nelson. Where can folks find you if they want to learn a little bit more about Kid Moto and now Moto Nation and, and all the great stuff you're doing? Where's a great place for folks to reach you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Twitter. All right, awesome, Nelson. Hey, I really appreciate your taking time out of your busy day. I know you got a lot going on, so thank you for doing that. I also have to tell everyone that if you're not watching. Nelson, and you're just listening, Nelson is by far best dressed guest we've ever had here. He's got the, the splendor <laughs> of a nice, beautiful yellow jacket, light blue tie. He's looking very sharp today. So Nelson, you definitely brought it on the clues side of things. So kudos to you, my friend. Uh, you're looking great. So thanks for doing this. Thanks for joining us today on the Great Damn Business Podcast. Until next time, much appreciated, Nelson. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The Grow Your Damn Business Podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or 
check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. This podcast is a production of Old Soul. Old Soul is a one-stop marketing agency that builds podcasts for personal brands and businesses. If you're interested in starting your own podcast show, shoot them an email at info at aoldsoul.com. That's info at aoldsoul.com. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast.